Hey, um, evening everybody. This is uh, Hunter from The Real Pineapple. And before you listen to our review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, I, I wasn't aware of this until about an hour ago, but there was a shooting at uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas Hill Park in Gilroy, California during the, um, during the Gilroy Garlic Festival. Uh, things are still being found out about it. All I know is that it looks like um, just on the news app I'm on that someone might have been injured but there were gunshots and um, you know we're, we're not a political podcast we try to just you know review movies and kind of leave it at that but um, I really thought it was important to go ahead and send our thoughts and prayers to anyone who might have been affected um, l- praying praying that no one was hurt but uh, to the whole city of uh, Gilroy, California, that's pretty close to Santa Clara. So just really praying for that whole community um, at, at this time. It's it's really unfortunate that this just keeps happening. And all we can pray for is that, you know, we learn and continue to grow. And that hopefully, you know, things are, uh, uh, thing, things move forward. So um, thank you so much for listening, guys. We appreciate your support. And uh Enjoy our review of uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Uh, right. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care, guys. Three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to The Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble co-host, Hunter. And I'm here with the pride of the land of potatoes, Idaho. (laughs) Never gets old, does it? Nope, nope. It's a joke I will continue to go to until we stop doing this. Scott, Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Good to be back, as always. Uh, We had a little bit of a snafu on the last one, so this is technically my first one back, but... It's yeah, a good so uh, so this will this will be the actual first uh, returning review for Scott. We did a great review for Little that we'll we're due here. Pro- we'll probably do it over Labor Day uh, weekend, but basically it'll fall into the annex of oh, it was a great recording and it got lost in the sands of time. So or a very shoddy accidental sna- snafu on my part. <laughs> with, which I fully acknowledge. I accidentally saved over my own recording, and yeah, Shit so happens. that was super cool. Yeah, so I'll be emailing the files to you tonight, Scott, because I don't trust myself right now. But uh, yeah, so this is Scott officially welcome back. Um, Grazie. And you came, yeah, and you came back for a great movie? Question mark? Because we're talking. About Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I kept wanting to say Once Upon a Time in Mexico. <laughs> like, Why? Just because, because that's just fresher in my mind. Like, I know it's weird, but, like, that's obviously been out longer. Mm-hmm. So, I sure. just kind of on instinct want to say that. But, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is Quentin Tarantino's uh, penultimate final film. Because he said he's stopping at 10, which I personally think is bullshit. Yeah. But, because uh, he said he still wants to do Star Trek. So, right. In theory, Star Trek would be his last film. I just don't think it will be because just this past week, 
news came out that they're talking about Kill Bill Volume 3, which, I'll be honest, I don't want that. I really don't want mm, that. Yeah, I want that. I, I, do you yeah, really? Oh, yeah. I love Kill Bill. No, I do too, but... You like, think they're the going to ruin one, it? Yeah, the second one had such a definitive ending. Like, I, I, I would have I I liked to see it. him do um, the new Charlie's Angels, which we'll, we'll end up reviewing as well. Yeah, so here's the thing about Quentin Tarantino. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown. I actually still think Jackie Brown is his best film. I, I, I know I'm in the minority on that, but I, I, I love It's a good Jackie one. It's, like, it's definitely underrated. Yeah. Like, it's definitely probably his most underrated film, but I mean, you know, you look at Pulp Fiction, uh, Kill Bill, uh, Kill Bill Volume 2, Hateful Eight, uh, Death Proof. Uh, for, from Dust to Dawn's a great one, too. I really enjoyed that one, too. Um, I'm just gonna tell you, dude, the last couple Tarantino films, uh, uh, Hateful Eight, I thought was good, but I didn't love it. I, I haven't seen it in a while, so I'd have to watch it again, mm-hmm. but just from what I remember, I'd probably be in that C plus, B minus range. Uh, Django Unchained is probably one of my most conflicted films that we've ever reviewed. I, I believe we have actually reviewed that, uh, that's way back mm-hmm. in the in the archive there, so go ahead and check that review out, but I remember saying on that review, um, actually now I'm blanking uh, if we have reviewed that or not. If we haven't, we should, but I, yeah, I remember... I no. Yeah. I feel like that's like, something I, we would have reviewed. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it too, but... Um, I, I'm confident in our past. Actually, films. no. Django and Chain was 2012, so we weren't doing the podcast mm. back then. So... No. So... Well, shit, well, we're, we're going to have to do Shank it. And Shane. Yeah, because I, I would actually like to review that. But I will say for me, my big conflict comes from... Tarantino loves using that N-word, man. He he loves it. He loves it almost as much as he loves feet, which we will <laughs> get into as one of my... Tarantino loves feet, though. Like, just, like that's not even, like, a... Like, that's not even, like, no. No, like, you no you're right. It's not, like, a controversial thing to say. Yeah, like, the Tarantino's admitted it. I mean, but we'll, we'll get there. But uh, that movie's so hard for me because I feel like he used the N-word way too much. Even for a time where they are saying the N-word as much as they mm. were. Uh, I even went, like, okay, like, you like the N-word, I get it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can say it. I like, like past it. the point like, of reality, you mean? Like, you feel like there's, yeah. there's a certain point where it's like, okay, this is, this is you're trying to prove a point. Yeah, it, it was like at the point someone's eating corn, and they're like, oh my god, these niggers are delicious. Like, they're talking about corn. I'm like, no, 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 I'm talking about these niggers. Like, it's like, okay, I, I get it. You like the N word. Like, stop, please. You know? But, but it, it did get to a point where. It, I don't think it was not. I'm trying to think if I remember it being used in this movie, was it? In It was not. I, I don't remember not. hearing it. And, and that's going to actually kind of be a, it's a compliment, but it's almost backhanded. A, a gripe, because like, you wanted a little bit more. You wanted just, you no, just the peppering. I, I mean, he's talking about the 60s, and it's not like black people weren't around, right. but there wasn't one black person in this fucking movie. Like, no no Martin Luther King mention, no, uh, you know, of assass- his assassination, no mention of Malcolm X. Like, there's references to fucking so much shit That's in this true. movie and there there's no civil rights mention mm. no and i will just okay you know sorry before we before i start going off here um scott yes. so 
Now, I know I'm in the minority on this. Mm-hmm. I, I know I yeah. am. I'm putting that out there. Um, I'm usually in the minority. <laughs> but I, but I, I know I'm in the minority on this. I don't like Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've watched it like three times, and I just I, I, I can't get into it. Yeah. I think Brad Pitt's great, and Christoph Waltz is, you know, uh, incredible in that movie. You know, that put him on everyone's radar. Um I don't believe we reviewed. Yeah, we weren't we weren't doing the podcast then either. One, no. So, yeah, no, that was ten years ago. So we damn sure weren't doing the podcast <laughs> back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of your thoughts on Gorgeous Bastards? You, no, like I, it I so for me, it goes, um, it goes Pulp Fiction as far as Quentin Tarantino movie. I think I think Inglorious Bastards falls in the the top three of. My, my, really? my favorite of his, yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed that one, along with Django Unchained, and then I think I would say Pulp Fiction is my my favorite. But okay, um, I mean Reservoir Dogs is great, and he's got he's got way more makes than he does misses, and that's I mean there's a there's a certain bar that he has set at this point that I think we can agree is like a real like a real thing that. Uh, we we oh, judge yeah. him a little bit heavier than other people, um, based on some of the classics he's put out. But yeah, I I personally like Glorious Bastards. I like yeah, Christoph Waltz was amazing. I uh, something we'll sort of get into with this movie is I really love the way of his like really setting the scene, and with Glorious Bastards, like you felt like you were there, and it was just like very beautifully done as far as like cinematography. And the same kind of goes with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the the setting in the late 60s actually 50s and 60s um is uh they i feel like they really kill it as far as uh the wardrobe and kind of the feel of it all so so that is what's so frustrating to me about this movie is that there was stuff i enjoyed the hell out Mm -hmm. of uh leonardo dicaprio plays rick dalton who's this Who is just, he's such a prick, he's such an asshole that you shouldn't like him, but Quentin Tarantino, and I'll, and I'll give him props on this, huge props on this, he does such a great job of making Rick Dalton vulnerable, so that even when he's being a dick, he's still broken enough that you go, okay, this is coming from a, you know, this is coming from a dark place. I, you know, one thing I will say, and we've been doing the podcast for a minute, you know, we've gotten, you know, our share of, you know, uh, praise and our share of criticisms and that's something just about art in general that's really tough about it is that for all the yeah you're doing great you get this you know fuck you i mean i've gotten into multiple arguments with black folk about tyler perry movies <laughs> on twitter and it's like it's like well this is you know this is a consequence of putting out you know th- you know putting this mm-hmm. uh putting our thoughts out there and and so rick Dalton, i felt bad for him because i'm watching this i go yeah i I get it. I mean, when I lost that recording for Little, I was telling uh, I was telling Alea, I I freaked out. I was I was pretty much doing what Rick Dalton did in his trailer when he uh, right. had that one scene where he fucked up. Right. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like yelling at myself. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is how you know I start carving things into the wall." And shit. <laughs> but I was but I was really upset. So when he freaked out like that, I went, "Yeah, dude, I I, I get it." You know, like yeah, yeah. I, 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 I actually really liked his character. I didn't think he was too unlikable. I think he was just kind of like, 
he was like really betraying like Hollywood at that time. A little bit, definitely a little bit arrogant and not like realizing it always. Um, Unlike actors now, totally <laughs> humble, totally humble <laughs> all the time. Yeah, never throw ten per tantrums. Alec Baldwin, but, um, but they, they did they did show his he like said his vulnerable side and like the fact that he's aging himself. That Leonardo DiCaprio is aging as an actor and who's been like an amazing actor all of his career. Um, kind of to go through that period in his life, or like well. Like, maybe I am over the hill at this point, and it's definitely a relate, relatable in, in that aspect, but, um, yeah, I mean, we can get into it. I really like the the chemistry between Brad Pitt and Leo, I think, was great. Um, there wasn't, I don't think it was, I was trying to think of a comparable movie, and I think The Good Guys um, uh, is probably the closest Okay, uh, interesting. As far as, like, a, you know, kind of a duo, that's kind of as, as star-studded as this. Um, but I, I don't think they had that as, as that good of chemistry, but I like them together, and I like Brad Pitt pretty much in everything, so <laughs> I can't really fault him on too much here. Oh, did, did you mean the nice guys? Is that what you meant? What did I say? Good guys? Yeah, the nice guys. Yeah, nice guys. Right, right, right. Yeah. What did you think about the chemistry? So the chemistry is the strongest part about this movie. Um, I had to look it up because there's some scenes with Brad Pitt where his shirt is off, which insert you know insert thumb right here. You were just at the Brad Parade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what can I, what can I say? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling myself a little bit here, especially looking at Brad Pitt. Ow! But um, but, but I, okay, that was but. So Brad Pitt is fifty five, dude, wow. and I just gotta say, God damn, good Bravo, for you, sir. sir. Just, I mean, you know, like. I, Although the, I will say, this is like the first movie that he sort of is starting to look, maybe his age. Like he I did a, he, a little, little bit. bit. He doesn't look bad, but like for Brad Pitt's standards, where he's just like a knockout ten, he's like okay. He is. You can kind of tell it's it's catching up with him. I mean, so I so I feel like he's gonna look like old, like distinguished. Oh, definitely. He'll look like Anderson. He'll look like Anderson Cooper in five years. <laughs> you know, be like, oh, like, I mean, I'll still call him daddy if he wants me to, whatever. But I mean, <laughs> so, was that too much? No, 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 no. Like, okay, okay. That was fitting, sure very fitting going. for this podcast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, for for this podcast, yes, yeah, very fitting. But but I think he looks great though. I mean, because you know, there's this scene where he's having to fix. Uh, um, the satellite, Rick's satellite, and I will say the the relationship between the two of them, it does feel it does feel one sided mm-hmm, for, for sure. me, which is why I thought Rick was more of a right. dick. But but it's what I like so much about their relationship is that Cliff he talks about how he you know he's a huge stunt man. He has been working for Rick for years and everything. Uh, I think say eight years. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is how the movie kind of sets you up to go like well. He's so good at his job. Why wouldn't he be more popular? Mm-hmm. And then you find out that oh, he killed his <laughs> wife and got away with it. Which, which the movie plays off for a laugh. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's fucking yes. dark. Like, yeah, there's a cut, and there's a lot of like kind of weirdly timed cuts in this movie. But that was one of them. That was like, oh, wait, is this? Oh, okay, this is. They're gonna do this. That's fine. Yeah, like the movie like plays it off like, ha, it's not funny. And I was like. Oh. And I was like, no, that's actually really dark. What the hell? And 
And so there's that whole thing, but then there's the whole concept too of how um, just how simply he's living too because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he uh, he's basically rigs in lethal weapon. <laughs> like he's out in the middle of nowhere with like a camper. He's got a dog. He takes care of better than he does himself. You know, it it is rather cliche. <coughs> pardon me in that in that sense, but he's such a good friend. Like he's. Like honestly, Scott, it, it made me think of you. Like if I was doing, if I was, if I need you to be my stuntman because mm. we look so much alike. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you'd never be able to tell the difference. But the people people um, say that you're my doppelganger all the time. I you know I hear that constantly, <laughs> but I, <laughs> but but he is Cliff is that friend who's just better than you. Knows he's better than you, but just does everything with a smile, but never puts you down. Mm-hmm. Is always encouraging. Yeah, like. Everyone needs a friend like that, and and, and I will say, Scott, you 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 have been that friend. Aww. But and you're gonna so make me cry like, on this podcast. I know, but I was like, you know, it'd be like if I if you were you or I were Rick and the other person was, was Cliff, but we <laughs> but we weren't but we weren't asked. Who would you be, like, Hunter? I think you I think you're more of a DiCaprio, I, and I'm more of a Brad Pitt. But, but see, you're more handsome, so you're you're Rick by default. So. Yeah. So do you think I'm I'm more of a Brad Pitt to your Leo? No, no, you're the Leo. I'm the Leo. You're, you're so you so you're, you're telling Leo. me you think Leo is more attractive than Brad Pitt? Yeah, mm, yeah, he that's is. That's a hard disagree for me. <laughs> I, really, Brad Pitt think, is you dreamy. Brad, you think Brad Pitt's better looking than Leo? I think so. Leo, Leo is okay. like a. Well, so I so the reason <laughs> I'm saying that is because I think I can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're here. We need to hash this yeah, out. Yeah, I'm happy we've got. We've Let's got hash it out. Depth. But so the reason I'm saying that you're Leo is because I think the the popular consensus in the community is that. Leo is more handsome than Brad Pitt. I'm okay. I don't I, see. I don't. Like, I think you're wrong. I think people. I really? think people yeah. still believe Brad Pitt is is. I think they think Leo is a better actor, but I don't think okay. they think that Brad Pitt is a, is less attractive. But that's hey, you know, that's just me, California oh, boy. Okay, so, I like some. So, I like some nice nice locks. You know, the flowing. Okay, so flowing so, blonde. so the cover. To cover my bases, audience, which everyone you think is more attractive, is Scott. I'm the other <laughs> one, <laughs> because that's how I feel. All like right. there have been t- there have been times I've seen myself like go like, oh man, I'm looking good, and I see Scott, I'm like, oh, you asshole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like, please. Like, like, why are you so Stop. handsome? But, but their friendship's the best part about this movie. I I think everything else. Okay, that's too strong. I think so many of the other elements. Uh, really falls short. Perfect mm-hmm. example, Margot Robbie. Why the hell was she even in this movie? Like, she did nothing. In yeah. this. And it's not even her fault, because I thought for what they gave her, yeah. I went, okay, you're, you're doing good with what you have, but it, the right. problem is it's so limiting for what you You know, has. and I really liked her, I feel like, to begin the movie, because my expectations were that things were going to happen in this movie, and nothing really does. And the movie, I would say, for the first two acts is just build up, and yeah. that I had, I definitely had a problem with that, and I think that didn't le- lend these characters to be as interesting as they could be, and because that's why we why we love Quentin Tarantino is because he comes up with these 
brilliant characters that are so interesting and you want to be around them and, you know, figure out what's going on. But like you said, Margot Robbie's just like this like kind of hippie, rich girl who doesn't really do anything ever. And like, I feel like a fifth of this movie was her seeing herself on a poster and going and watching herself, which is like fine. I'm not saying that that is, you should keep that out, but like this movie was uh, two hours and 41 minutes. Like, I was even expecting that going in, and it still felt a little bit long. What did you What did you feel about the runtime? Dude, this needed to be twenty five minutes short. At least, Easy. I would say at least. At yeah. least, no, and I think the big thing is too. So, Sharon T is known most mostly for being, you know, basically in Cliff Booth's position at the end of the movie, where you know she her house gets got ransacked and she mm-hmm. got you know killed by uh, some of Manson's followers. Uh, Charles Manson's followers. What's really weird about this movie is considering how big the Charles Manson part and that whole, uh, what would you call it, community, mm-hmm. uh, how big they are in the final act of the movie. Charles Manson's barely in this movie, mm-hmm. too. And I'm just like, okay, it, for, for how big something that he creates is, the fact that I don't see him that much yeah. i was like that seems like it, the, the movie kept doing stuff like that where i went what are you doing yeah. and and i think you put it perfectly the first two acts are all build up but it felt like aimless mm-hmm. build up Absolutely. i was just sitting there yeah. i was sitting there i was like I, I don't know where you're going with this I, I i think something like reservoir dogs is a way better example of like hey you have all these kind of storylines mm-hmm. together and then it kind of converges or even kill bill volume one but yeah, God, but damn, I was just sitting there watching this, going, I, I don't really know what you're, what you're really trying to accomplish here. I, I get that it's a love letter to the '60s, and I did, and I will give Tarantino and the cast and crew a lot of credit. The amount of effort I'm sure it took to remake some of these, like you know, like oh, like just basic shit, you know, like the old school cinema, uh, uh, you know, signs and like the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. for sure. And, like he, he like, sets he like sets the, a very very well thought out scene. Like just the yeah, a, a setting mean, overall in general. I, yeah, I mean, but I mean, like, yeah, like I mean, you you go. You, sorry to cut you off, but you're going back to Margot no, Robbie. The main characters don't meet her until literally the last scene, and yeah. like. You were talking about all these story arcs coming together. Pulp Fiction is a a great example of that, where you're going from scene to scene and different people, and you're wondering how it comes together. And I I was expecting that in this one because you are following these different storylines. Like, okay, this is going to take a while. Like, it takes time to develop each storyline and then have them come together. But you're just, like, waiting for it to happen. And it just kind of never really pays off. Yeah, and I think that was probably my biggest problem is that you know we we know that Margot Robbie has you know chemistry yeah. with Leo from Wolf of Wall Street. It's like you don't get a, really even a scene with them until, as you mentioned, the very end, and their interaction time is so absolutely fucking brief. Mm-hmm. I did love Al Pacino mm-hmm. in this because it was really nice to just get that taste of Jack and Jill out of my mouth because the last, the last time I remember, I remember seeing him something and I was like, oh, God, like, you son of a bitch. So was, he plays a, 
uh, Marwin uh, Schwartz, who is, I, I will say, a very stereotypical Jew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like if you were Jewish and you were like, hey, that character really offended me, I go, you know what? Fair enough, because I can't even be mad yeah. at you. Because he, like, he's doing the whole, like, like he's talking with his hands, you know right. what I mean? Yep. Like, very, yep. like, I got my own tradition. It's like, okay. Like, we of, get it. Uh, you don't have to use yeah. Yiddish. Like, it's, we understand. I mean, he was just sort of wearing a scene, honestly. That was, like, the one thing, yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't have him do. And, but, I mean, as far as his dialogue and him giving Rick this, I would say it's a, a pep talk, but it's a pretty shitty pep talk. It's just telling him, basically, like, look, you're better than this, and your star is falling, and it's like, damn, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a pretty, like, it's, it's kind of played for laughs at first, but I appreciate how the scenes actually got darker as it went on. I was like, damn, he's telling him, like, look. You kind of need to start doing spaghetti westerns. That's kind of your only... And, and, he, and he does kind of, yeah. like, he... Throughout the movie, um, like, as the story progresses, um, Cliff and um, Deca- DiCaprio's character, uh, Rick, they... Yeah. I, um, where was I going with this? Lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, uh, the, so one thing I wanted to know from you was there's like quite a few instances within this movie where not quite a few, but there were, there were a few where they try to replicate, um, historical events and people. And I, one thing that got me was the Bruce Lee character and yeah. the, um, Margot Robbie's character actually takes some like classes with him, but, um, Brad Pitt's character Cliff actually ends up whooping his ass. I just I I bring it up because it's before he took his sunglasses off, he looked like a spitting image. Like it was, it was a cra- yeah. it was I thought it was like dubbed over. Mike Mo is the guy's name. Yeah, or, I don't say I'm saying that right. Right, now. and he I, I feel like that was kind of a surprising highlight of it um, of of this movie. What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I thought some of it was. I, I thought the Bruce so I love that scene because it shows how uh, how Cliff you know him being that really a template for that Hollywood you know badass like that Steve McQueen types and the guy they have in here playing Steve McQueen does not look like Steve no, McQueen no. at all I was like I was like uh, all right kind of like the guy who played Snoop Dogg and straight out of Compton I was like you don't look like Snoop Dogg yeah. fucking at all but I. Because nobody looks that's... like Snoop Dogg. That's why. True. True. <laughs> exactly. But I appreciate the scene with uh, Cliff and Bruce Lee because it shows that Cliff is that Hollywood, uh, you know, that Hollywood badass yeah. for better or worse, right. you know. Like, he very easily could have just been like, look, I don't need to get in this fight. I'm good. Or he could have just punched him in the face or clothesline him. But the fact he threw him into a car they're using on set, I'm like, dude, you can't. So they rightfully go, yeah, get the fuck off set. Uh, Kurt I do. I like that. I like that. Um, Cliff is just like this animal. Like he, he doesn't. He like looks like a pretty boy, but he just like throws people around. Yeah, like he he he's he's basically the Punisher. Like he's as <laughs> yeah. close to the Punisher as you can get without actually killing people. Um, I, I will say though. I love that scene just because of you know of how it shows how Cliff is and you you see that scene you go oh that's why he's not a big stunt man anymore yeah. 
because his temper gets in the way of shit. And I will say, because it is a it's a Tarantino movie. Of course, the, the cast is stacked. You have Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, uh, one of my favorite actors working now, Timothy Oliphant. You've got, um, I mean, uh, it, it shows that Leah Dunham was in this. I don't remember seeing her. Thank goodness. Um, you know, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Leo. Uh, the the last uh, you know appearance of a. Uh, Luke Perry, you know, God bless Luke Perry and his family. His son's actually a wrestler, and uh, for all elite wrestling, he's really fucking good. So just a quick shout out <laughs> to him. But um, I will say, though, the thing that drove me nuts, and there are a couple things that just really bugged me about this movie. As we mentioned kind of at the start, Quentin Tarantino loves feet. Like, it's not even a... <laughs> it, it, it's not even a, a, a question of, oh, does he like feet? No, he loves feet. He's he's basically senior feature, basically from Crawl Show. <laughs> like, he, he loves feet so much. <laughs> and, and there's a scene where Cliff... Uh, gives this girl uh, who who's a part of Charlie Manson's gang. Uh, they call her Pussycat, which I was like, oh, that's not creepy at all. Um, he gives her a ride back to the to basically the Manson compound. And first off, so, so wait, 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 wait. I don't. I, I just to make sure we're on the same page. I don't. Was that the Manson compound, or was that just like a little co- community? I guess you call it community. Okay, I didn't know if that was if that's because I I feel like I missed maybe a few references in this movie that were kind of maybe a little. Let's bit just more. call it the Manson community. No, 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 yeah. no. That's fine. I just didn't know if they were referring to like Manson, like and and that and that type of movement. I thought it was more like one of those commune type of like. Whatever. I mean, I guess it turned out to be super radical, right? I mean, they're gonna try to try yeah. to kill those people, but. Yeah, so I mean, so... Spoiler alert. Brad, uh, yeah, so this is getting... Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, listen, if you've listened to one of our reviews, or if you listen to a few of our reviews, you should know by now, there's we're, there's oh. always spoilers. Well, I'll put a spoiler warning in here. And by the way, if you're really, like, the Manson, like, you don't know about Charles Manson, come, come on now. But No, I mean, but, the, it being in the movie, I might be surprised, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they show it pretty early in the first teaser, even. They show Charles yeah. Manson, but whatever. Anyways, but Cliff giving Pussycat a ride home. So first off, you know, he goes, he's seen her a couple times throughout the movie, and I will say this girl, uh, Margaret Qualley, I think that's her name, uh, she's gorgeous. She's absolutely beautiful. I was like, oh, wow, okay. But... The moment he goes, and rightfully so, my dad, because Cliff kind of looks at her and goes, like, hey, I'll give you a ride. She goes, oh, my God, yay. Uh, she doesn't sound like that. But, but, <laughs> Basically, she's, like, 14. I mean, yeah. And so Cliff wisely goes, hey, how old mm-hmm. are you? And, she, and her response is so disturbing. She just goes, no one's asked me that in a long time. And I went, oh, wow, that is fucking horrible. So Cliff rightfully so goes, oh, hey. I'm gonna keep giving you a ride, but nothing else. Like you. Yeah, she just straight up goes. Uh, so can I blow you or what? And he's like, Yeah, she goes, mm, yeah. Can I suck your dick while you're driving? And let me he, let me get your ID. Oh wait, you don't have one because yeah, no. you're not ED. Yeah, and he's very smart about it. And then she puts her feet up on the dashboard, yep. and Tarantino like zooms <laughs> in on the feet, like like obviously like. Like, because that's like, not dude, that, like, that's not the only time. Because you see Margot Robbie's feet, and if you'll notice, both of them are dirty. 
So it, it yeah. when Margot Robbie is in the theater, she puts her feet up, and clearly she like isn't wearing shoes or whatever, so they're kind of dirty. But it's like right in front, and then the point the, the point we're talking about with Pussycat is she just is like smushing her <laughs> her feet up against the dash, and Tarantino is getting a huge hard on from that. You know that for sure. Yeah, it, it's the thing that just made me go okay is when. They're at the the Manson house or compound, whatever you want to call it, and he has all those hippie chicks just walking around with dirty feet, and Quentin is on those feet. Like I'm like, you know, they have faces. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Like that's my Tarantino impression. I know, but but anytime, so Dakota Fanning's in this too. She plays a squeaky. Uh, that's prom, who that was. He looks a little different now that she's older. So I will say Dakota Fanning. I. I Dude, I was about to go to Fanning. Like, it's weird to say that, but I was like... She's how, how old Fanning is she was... now? Is she 18? She's probably 18. Oh, dude, she's 18. Oh, yeah, she's. I think even. she's in her 20s now. Uh, 94, okay. so... Yeah. February 94, <laughs> so... She's, she's 25. 25. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Legal and I, I, of her own mental capacity to make her own decisions. Yeah, like, like I'm like, I'm like Tracy Lords, but... Yeah, but... <laughs> Google that if that's a reference you don't get. But anyways, but that's her whole thing. But yeah, she so seeing her in this was kind of a trip to be honest. I was like, oh yeah, like that's the girl from the Twilight movies and it, like in Charlotte's Web. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, oh definitely. Like yeah, like I was waiting for Denzel to it's show like up. Your, like, see her. It's like <laughs> your sister or something. Like oh, this feels strange. Like if Hermione was ever, it'll be like go. Do some euphoria type show and be like, whoa, I don't think I like yeah. this. No, agreed. I was waiting for Denzel breaking the compound to start shooting everybody and be like, like, we're getting out of here. Oh, man on fire, bitch. Everybody <laughs> yeah. out. But even when she's in the movie, um, she's watching TV. And again, like they put their feet up and Quentin is just on those feet mm-hmm. like, like, he's practically looking at his lips while he's shooting this shit. It's like, oh, okay, dude, we get it. Damn, this movie's not for your fetishes, you know? <laughs> like, like, keep it in your I mean, and this pants. was a long it, movie, so there's a lot of a lot of feet. There's a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of feet. There's, there's a lot of him doing that. And it was just, it got awkward. Like, I, at the first time he did it, I was kind of like, all right, I think I'm maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm just kind of being paranoid, but... There was a point with nah, nah, man. <laughs> he's just he's on his feet, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he loves the feet. So what? So yeah, tell me, it, tell me, what are your thoughts overall on this thing? Like, what, 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 what was the feeling you got when you left? I just left the theater feeling very like, because again, we talked about it, like Rick and Cliff. Their bromance is absolutely awesome. Um, we haven't touched on the third act yet, so I'll kind of touch, touch on that real quick. Um, basically. They you sh- you see earlier on in the movie that uh, that Cliff uh, Cliff gets a uh, gets a marijuana cigarette <laughs> from, uh, no, it's, from it's, it's an acid dipped cigarette. Oh, that's yeah. right, it's an acid dipped cigarette. Yeah. You know, and he goes like uh, he goes, "Hey, I'm gonna you know smoke this, you know, and and hang it and chill." So he smokes a cigarette, and this is after Rick has actually gotten married to this, uh, to this, this, uh, I want to say it's an actress, right? I want to say yep. mm-hmm. After he had gone overseas to, uh, to Italy to do like spaghetti westerns and stuff and kind of had like a little bit of a career resurgence. Right, so right. he, 
so he does that and, and tells Cliff, like, look, this is kind of the end of the road for us, you know. Thank you for all your in help. In, like, an amicable way. Very, very much so. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty much a classiest breakup you could honestly ever wish for. And they and they kind of have this whole sort of... Uh, uh, whole, whole sort of falling out. Not falling out, but, you know, they kind of go, like, hey, this is the end of the road. So it's really sweet to actually watch. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but Cliff ends up smoking this acid cigarette and goes, hey, all right, I'm going to go ahead and walk home. And he has this cute, adorable dog that I just want to hug that dog whenever I, whenever I saw and him. Then, I was like, oh. And, and the dog kind of plays into some of the really great things about Quentin Tarantino. And, like, there's this ritual that Cliff has with his dog where he opens up two cans of dog food and he kind yep. of turns it upside down and the camera closes in and you hear the... Sh- just sliding out and then slapping into the bowl and it's just like it's it contributes just to the whole experience of this movie which i love and which we all love about these movies um but unfortunately though those alone can't can't support it um and and as you're alluding to the final scene is kind of where everything comes together um that has been building up for most of this movie, this third act doesn't really quite take hold until I want to say like two hours in, you know? Yeah. About and, that. and so like the last 40 minutes is kind of the buildup, which in and of itself is, takes a while. So after cliff, uh, cliff drops off pussy, uh, pussy cat here at the, at the, at the Manson uh, sort of compound. And basically, says that he had a friend that he used to uh, do stunt uh, do uh, work on the movie set with. Uh, I can't. I think it was George. I want to say yeah, some That's George like, or Bob or something like that. Yeah, and and basically he goes like he finds out he's staying there, and he goes, "Hey, all of you are staying here." And let's keep clear, it's like it's like fourteen people, mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, they're all basically women except for like two dudes. So I was like, all right, that's a little weird. But they go, he goes, hey, you know, I'm gonna see, you know, George and Dakota Fanning's character goes, yeah, you know, he's, you know, he's sleeping. He's gotta be. It will stay up, you know, at night to watch, you know, uh, TV with me. And Cliff pushes his way through, uh, reunites with George. George can't remember fucking shit he's just like uh like it seems like he might have to it seems like he has dementia mm. or like some sort of like is there something along those lines because he can't remember cliff at right. all they're clearly taking advantage of him for his space and shit like it's not even mm. a, a question of like are you doing this no they're, they're totally doing it and so cliff goes to leave and one of the guys who works at the compound slashes tire like an yeah. asshole might add like a move. pretty like a real dick move. Like and 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 Cliff had done nothing at that point except going. He he gave one of their friends a ride to that place. Yeah, and then he just goes yeah. checks on his friend, and these assholes slash his tires. And then he, this is when he turns into the Punisher. He beats this dude like he owed him money. I was like, holy crap! Like he punch. He broke his nose with like. Punch two, his nose is broken, and then it's just laying into him. And he tells these girls who are freaking out, and he goes, "If you take one more step, I'll fucking kill him." I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Well, that's pretty definitive. No, no room for no room for inter- misinterpretation there." But 
and it, it's a cool scene. It's a really cool scene that sets the stage for what's happening later because a couple of people from the compound go to try to kill Cliff. And this is where the movie really... It was like Quentin was almost holding it in. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, okay, I can't go crazy. I can't go crazy. Yeah. And, and this is where I was just like, no, 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 no. Because the home invasion aspect, it's very similar to something like The Strangers right. or, uh, or, or, uh, or Us. Yep. Where I went, oh, this is really tense. This is like, I'm all about this. And then it turns into the slapsticky, just gore fest where I just went, you didn't have to indulge, which mm-hmm. I what I know you like to do. It's like you were scratching an point. itch. Yeah. And and I just went, it didn't feel true right. to, to, to the rest of the film, which is such a fucking shame because yeah. I was sitting there going, yeah, this is disconjointed, mm-hmm. but I mean, I can follow most of it um i cannot think i cannot find it because i've been looking for it the little girl who was in this movie but there's a scene with her and rick where they're on the set of one of those new uh this this new show or this new uh yeah it's new movie i want to say that he's on uh she plays luke perry's daughter wayne in the movie uh and you see it in the trailer where she goes, "That's some of the best. That's the best acting I've ever yeah. seen." And Rick like gets all of like, <laughs> like gets like gets choked up. And that scene was hilarious, yeah. by the way. But they're talking about the, the actual art form of acting and how she talks about how I want to be called my character's name on set. It helps you stay focused and all these little tweaks that she's saying that Rick is kind of looking at her like, "Oh, sorry, can you say that again?" Like, what was that <laughs> like? Like he's taking notes, and I actually really love. How there's that scene where Rick throws her to the ground, and he goes like, "Oh shit, I didn't hurt you, Dad." She's like, "No, no, I got like pads on my elbows." He's like, "Ooh, okay, cool." Yeah. Like it, it's a like there are multiple moments in the movie like that where I popped up and I went, "Oh my god, that's so yep. cool!" But, but the but the ending of this movie, like it, it's so cartoonish. They have Rick using a flamethrower earlier in the movie for one of his movie uh, for one of his films. Which I thought was actually really funny, where he goes, he's taking on these Nazis. He goes, he goes, did anyone order sauerkraut? Like, did anyone order sauerkraut? And he says, the flamethrower, and just starts just burning these Nazis. I'm like, damn, okay. So when the home invasion stuff kicks in and he kills the chick using that flamethrower, I just went, oh come on. I was like, no, 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 don't do that. And. It came across really cartoonish and honestly took me out of the movie. Uh, kind of your thoughts on that last? Yeah, night. I would. I would agree with you, except maybe on the cartoon. I, I think they did go over the top, and it was, it was not. And I wholeheartedly agree with you that that there's a, there's kind of like a time and a place with this, and he just overloaded it on this one. Not even to. I mean, it. It was a good amount of like violence, I would say, but it's not the gore levels of some of his other movies. But but the fact that it was so compact in this final scene just made it more obvious. The flamethrower scene was pretty outrageous, um, but I did enjoy watching um, Brad Pitt's character Cliff beat up on this guy and this girl trying to kill him in his house and his dog attacking, which was. For sure, slap, slap, sticky, and it, there's there's a point when the dog is like has a firm grasp on this guy's junk, and it's like okay, like this, there's a point here, um, and the whole movie was leading up to that, and like you were saying, uh, 
there's there was points in this movie where I was like, oh, that's really sweet, or there's these cut scenes that um, help describe certain situations, and those are always great, and even the narration is is nice to help you follow follow along. Um, it just adds something to it, but it was not it didn't all come together, and when it when it was supposed to at the end, it it wasn't quite as satisfying as you wanted it to be. And it wasn't this big mastermind plot of all these people coming together and fitting in all these weird ways. It just kind of was like happenstance. And I don't know. I, it didn't feel maybe like quite finished or it's hard kind of to describe the unfinished feeling of this movie. Not to say I didn't laugh or enjoy it, but it's, with our expectations, like we talked about earlier, it's you want something more. I mean, I laughed, but at the same time, it totally doesn't fit the rest of the tone of the film at all. And I have to ding it. I have to ding it for that because, yeah, it really was just it got into like there's a point where Cliff has clearly killed them. Like they're 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 not getting up, and it just turns into basically like a. <laughs> Like it's almost like a like a blood splatter yeah. movie. Like it's it's something like Hellboy where it was so just gratuitous violence for the sake of violence. And I was like, well, what's the point, you know, anymore? And that really bummed me out because like again, I was mixed on this anyway. But there, the stuff I liked, I really did enjoy. Yeah. And I think if it hit ended stronger, we might be having a different conversation. But since it didn't, I was like, well, that blows, and you know, whatever, I guess. Um, Kind of getting the final thoughts here. Um, so the, the other thing I didn't even mention, Cliff. Oh my God, Cliff! There are so many scenes. There's they could have easily cut 10, 15 minutes just from Cliff driving and having a 60s soundtrack. <laughs> like goddamn, dude! Like there, there was, was so much so nostalgia much in this too. There was, I was so like, much. Dude, like I, I know people want to give Adam Sandler shit for that, but oh my god, like I like Quentin, I get it, dude. You you love the sixties, you love this bygone era, and, and you're no, you're not kidding. He's driving around in like a quarter of this movie. Like the cliff is is functioning as Rick's driver, but you see him drive constantly like yeah we get it you want to you want to put in your little uh news reports and the music and you know the time period uh advertisements for certain shows or whatever but at a certain point it's like that's 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 what i mean when i mean he didn't it didn't need to be two hours and 40 minutes it's not because like i don't think a movie should be that long but he was like filling at some at certain points yeah, and it, just, it really was one of those things I was like, alright guys, like, I, I get it, like, I totally understand that this is a thing, but just, this, this didn't need to be this long, it felt like he was trying to stretch the film for the sake of stretching the film, and that was frustrating to watch, to be completely honest, so, um, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. What are your? Uh, I'm very interested to hear what you think your grade is. I'm gonna give this because the stuff I really liked, I really enjoyed, but the stuff I really didn't like, I was like, this is bothering me. I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give it a B. I even hate saying that because I know people are like, "What is?" I, I, I saw this at full price yeah. on Friday night, and I went, "Yeah, it wasn't worth eleven bucks." Mm. And actually, now that I think about it, I used a free pass on it. And I was like, if I paid full price on this, 
I would have gone, yeah, that wasn't worth full price. Um, it's a shame too. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I, I know Tarantino. I know how good Tarantino is, but dude, honestly, it's not the dialogue that's his problem. It really is just his sentence. His a uh, sentence his story structure. It seems like the last couple films I haven't liked. The third act is where they've all fallen apart. That goes with *Inglorious Bastards*. That goes with *Fateful Eight. Like it, it's that's the common thread. Is that the the third acts just aren't finishing. Uh, strong anymore and, and to be fair i thought he had his problem back with kill bill volume 2 because i think the fact i didn't get a david carradine um you know mm-hmm. the bride proper fight scene i know he was older um i yeah i, I get yeah. that but the, the the fact that i didn't even get a little hand to hand because yeah. i know people go like oh well, it's more like poetic i'm like nah like i got robbed out of a good fucking fight scene like fuck that so it it's just frustrating yeah. so yeah, it's a B, and I know I'm sure some people go like that's dumb, and that that's fine. You're wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, it's a B for me. Uh, Scott, your final thoughts and grades, sir? Yeah, when I think about the third act, like you're talking about the last few movies that he's done, I I I think I might agree with you. Um, after Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction really kind of set the bar as far as the um, the coming together of story arcs and and like very well like told stories um, I like I did love Django um, but this is just yeah I mean I feel like I've kind of said everything that I wanted to on this I it was just definitely a disappointing one even though I really I, I mean I I would See, I'm kind of battling on this. I I think I would recommend this to somebody, and not as like with with an open mind, um, because there the cast is amazing, the the cinematography, the 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 way he sets the scene that I've talked about. Like you really get immersed in his story, and I love that about his kind of the same way like a Wes Anderson movie is where you just feel like you're just totally living in that space. Um, but it just doesn't live up to the other ones. Um, well, now I, you know, I, I, B is, seems like an excellent grade to me. So I'll, I'll give this one a B. Wow. I, well, okay. I was curious where you're going with that. I, it's funny, I talked to um, my roommate James, because uh, uh, he reviewed it on his podcast, uh, he's a contributor on here on occasion, but uh, he, yeah, he gave like a 9, so that'd be like an A, and I'm just like, yeah, I am told, I was like, that's too rich for my blood, yeah. I was just like, uh, I'm like, nah, man. I, I I just, I, I'll, I'll happily admit um, that I... I have the bar. The bar is is high on this one, and that's influencing my grade for sure. But that that it is what it is. And when you're able to pull together all this, all these people, and all this money, I mean, it was his best. Uh, he was his top grossing film, best opening weekend that he's best opening weekend that he's had so far as a director. Um, Forty yeah. million, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, I just. Wanted, wanted, wanted more, but you know, it's, it's, it's been said. Yeah, like I, I don't know, like, like it's a, it's a bummer because again, I wanted to love it, and I, and on my, uh, I take my Uber on the way home. The, 
the Uber driver I had was a big Tarantino fan. He's like, dude, tell me, should I see it? And I was like, yes, but I was like, but don't pay full price like I did. It's it's. Like I said, I didn't even pay full price. I just saw it like at night, and I was like, "Well, I, I could have seen." This I saw a matinee <laughs> today, and I think it was worth a matinee price. If you can get if you can get in there early, then I would say go for it. Yeah, I I, I think that's fair, but yeah, man, I, I'm curious what this his his quote last unquote film's gonna be. I mean, fuck, you know, Jay Z said he was done, so I mean, Jordan said he was done twice, so I mean, you yeah. know, like I'll I'll believe it when I see yep. it. Like his whole like you know, like even Charles Gambino, he's like I'm done rapping. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm like I don't believe you, but but. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I would love to see a Star Trek movie by Tarantino. I, I really would. I'd be curious as hell to see how that would work. But I I don't know, man. Just these third acts of his last couple films, they're, they're, they're bumming me out. But um, Well, yeah. agree to disagree because Inglourious Bastards and Django was awesome. So I, Again, I love, like, again, I like Django, Django. a lot. But, but it's just, it, yeah, Hateful Eight. Wasn't no, I didn't film. like Hateful I, Eight. I don't. I don't like I said we just disagree on Inglorious Bastards. I like Django. It's okay to be wrong, Hunter. All right. I, 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 oh, <laughs> what are you looking in the mirror? To quote allergy, but but yeah, guys. So I mean, like I said, and, and the reason I'm giving it a B for me is because I don't think if you're not a Tarantino fan, this would be the film to convert right, you. Absolutely. That. That's where I kind of fall in line with my B. I was just like, yeah, if I showed this to someone, like, you could show someone, like, in your case, maybe in Glorious Bastards or, like, Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction, they'd go, oh, okay. Like, they, they might want to go ahead and watch more Tarantino after seeing those movies. But I think if you show this to someone, they'd go, oh, okay. Like, this guy's a little self-indulgent. It's like, yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> you know, that's kind of his For thing. Sure. Um, so... Yeah, so but hey, that I'm happy you agree. You're you're on the right you're on the right grade. All right, side of law, Mr. Nearman. <laughs> but guys, uh, what did you what did you think of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Let us know what you thought in the comments below. You can follow us uh, go ahead and like us on Facebook, pardon me, at uh, at the Real Pineapple. You can go ahead and follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google uh, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Whoo, uh, Podbean, and now Stitcher. Yes, we're in Stitcher now. Oh like, yes, yeah. stitch I it up. Some, yeah, yeah, stitch, as, as the kids say, stitch, stitch it up and stitch, stitch it down. It. I, <laughs> well, you are younger than me, so I feel like the kids would say that. They're but, def- that's what uh, they say on the streets. So go ahead and follow us on Stitcher as well. Um, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Colin on Twitter at the real. That's R. E E L O'Neill, and you can follow Scott on Twitter at Newman the First. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up uh, this week for uh, we're gonna have a review up for Hobbs and Shaw, which I'm so <laughs> excited about. This is gonna be so I know, dumb. I know you're not excited. Me and Colin are seeing it Thursday night. You guys are crazy. We're, this is so is I the hope, dumbest. I hope I get an IMAX. <laughs> This is gonna be like, um, oh god, what's the ragtag group of Stallone and Jason Statham? Oh, the Expendables. Expendables. This is gonna be like the Expendables all over again. Oh, dude, I hope I get some body spray (laughs) to go with my poster. He's got the bod. 
Dude, I do you remember Bond yeah, Body Spray? I remember it. Yeah, I remember that commercial. Oh, dude, dude, I feel like this is gonna be the, like they're gonna spray each put like IMAX books <laughs> with Bond Body Spray. Like you want to smell like Jason Statham? Here you go. <laughs> what are you, some type of pussy? Why don't you spray this axe all over yourself? There you go. As someone who actually uses the chocolate, the Dark Temptation Ooh, axe, like well, Dark Temptation. It goes great with like, That's what they used to call you go- in college. Yeah, that that was my stripper name was Target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it go it pairs great with my cocoa butter. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I I can uh, attest to that. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, could, could, yeah, you've hung out with me enough. You know the 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 scent of cocoa oh, butter is frequently in the I air. Know. It's very frequent and always tantalizing. Yeah, well, well thanks, buddy. <laughs> but but we'll have a review up for Hobbs and Shaw's weekend as well as Stranger Things three, which. Hell yeah, I've been wanting to talk to you guys about that, and I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited to review Stranger Things 3, but oh, oh, there's so much to break down on that. But guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys Peace. soon. Take care. Bye.